I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's never been more important to diversify your financial portfolio. Well, that's right. The S&P is down 20% from the last year, and this year looks even worse. Gold and precious metals offer a hedge against inflation and stock market volatility. And Legacy Precious Metals is the company Ken and I trust. Protect your retirement account by rolling it into a gold-backed IRA or have metals shipped directly to your door. Call our friends at Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or visit buylegacygold.com. Welcome back. It's Mike Schellenberger. This is KFI AM 640. Sitting in for Johnny Ken on the Johnny Ken Show. Well, we've covered some pretty heavy topics so far. We've covered the addiction, the homeless crisis, the energy crisis. I guess I was going to say we're going to turn to some lighter fare, UFOs. But maybe it's not. Maybe it's heavy. Who knows? There is now government investigation of this people say ufos are real that doesn't mean we know what they are uh the u refers to unidentified so it's kind of like saying that we don't know what everything is which maybe isn't as wild of an idea as we thought nonetheless there's a lot of goofiness in this issue i've, I've certainly never talked about this publicly but you know look i pay attention to this stuff just like anybody else does one of the I think most sober people out there is this guy, Nick Pope. He actually ran the British government's investigation into UFOs and looked at a bunch of cases. He's somewhat famous. He's on a bunch of TV shows. You know, when other people are always attributing everything to aliens, Nick is the guy that's like, you know, we don't know. <laughs> and that's kind of why I wanted to start the show off with him. Nick Pope, are you with us? I am. Thanks, hey. Mike. Great uh, to be on the show. Thanks for having me on. 
Hey, great to have you. Um, so, look, UFOs are now kind of mainstream. I'm comfortable talking about how we're talking about them. How would you describe the public conversation about this? There's been some government reports. Just talk to me as though I, I've been asleep in a cave for the last 10 years. What kind of change has there been in the conversation about UFOs in your mind? It's been a massive change. It's been a 180-degree turn. This subject has come out of the fringe and into the mainstream. I think a few years ago, if you'd stopped someone in the street, they would say, oh, yeah, X-Files, crazy conspiracy stuff and things like that. Now, as you say, there have been revelations about the Pentagon having a program called ATIP that, that looked at this. Uh, there have been classified briefings in Congress, and a few weeks ago, a uh, public hearing. Last summer, the Office of the Director of National Intelligence issued a preliminary uh, assessment of all this. So suddenly, we are having a conversation. And, and it's, it's interesting because it's, it's completely bipartisan. A uh, number of Republican and Democrat um, congressional representatives are looking at this. There have been discussions in both the House and the Senate. Uh, the intelligence committees, the armed services committees. It's suddenly people are seeing this as a defense and national security issue. Well, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because um, it's close to home. We're, we're in Los Angeles. This is, you know, the big thing that broke this open was, of course, these Navy pilots. I believe there were some off the coast of Southern California, but then others off the East Coast who came forward and said they'd had these sightings. A story came out last month saying that california has had more ufo signs than any other state i mean when you look into this issue it's amazing like los angeles has had one of the most famous ufo sightings of all times that occurred during world war ii i wonder if you can say a little something about maybe kind of back us up a bit when do we start seeing when do people start seeing ufos in los angeles and southern california and then uh, and maybe talk a little about that big sighting, and then what's 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 been going on more recently. Sure. Well, I think you can say it's, it's almost one of these truisms that people have probably seen strange things in the sky uh, since the dawn of time. But the modern UFO mystery really dates back to uh, the Second World War and the the immediate post-war period. That's when it came to public attention. And yeah, the, the so-called Battle of Los Angeles is one of these classic cases. It's, it's 1942. It's, it's just a few weeks after Pearl Harbor. And essentially something flew and was seen over Los Angeles and all the civil defense uh, folks with, with their anti-aircraft guns essentially opened up on something. They fired their um, powerful searchlights up at it. And there's an iconic picture that I think uh, is, is in the archives of, of one of the old Los Angeles papers showing something caught in these beams and, and all the AAA being fired up at it. Uh, and they, they fired for hours. And some people said they hit the thing and there was no effect. And it's still something of a mystery. But it's one of these it, bizarre things. It's, it's almost faded from, from public awareness. I mean, I guess it's been a long time. And then they made a Hollywood movie, which, which I kind of guess took the origin story and, and had some fun with it. But now people, people kind of forget that there was a real incident. I mean, it's an incredible photo. It's actually on the, it was on the Los Angeles Times of the Battle of Los Angeles. 
You know, Nick, one of the right. things so yeah. one of the things so interesting to me is somebody that is not an expert, but just sort of reading about this is that I think most people sort of jump to the conclusion that these UFOs are spaceships with little aliens from different planets. And maybe that's what it is. But when you read, you know, people like Jacques Vallée, who's this very kind of respected scientist, he was he was the French character, the young French guy in the Steven Spielberg movie, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. He says, if I'm not mis misunderstanding, he sort of insists we don't really know what these things are. We don't know if they're from different planets. I mean, how is there – it's hard because I know this is still considered um, – not mainstream, but is there a consensus view among any UFO experts about what it is that we're looking at? Do most people think that these are people or these are beings from different planets, or is it just much more uncertain than that? In terms of pop culture, I think the extraterrestrial hypothesis is is clearly very popular, and it's it's captured the public imagination uh, both both in the news and in sci-fi movies. But in reality, there's, there's much less consensus than people might think. And there's a whole bunch of different theories. People, people talk about extraterrestrials, but other people think time travelers from the future. People talk about hidden dimensions, which a few years ago would probably be, have been regarded as crazy, but now they're doing that sort of stuff at the Large Hadron Collider in, in right. Europe. People like Michio Kaku uh, literally looking for the so-called extra dimensions that you need for string theory to hold together. Um, and then there are the, I guess, the more conventional theories that maybe this is adversary technology, some secret prototype aircraft, missile or drone uh, from, from China or Russia, or even that it's our own tech, um, some highly classified, deeply compartmentalized program that, that even, even all the security cleared people in Congress can't get access. I mean, the, the intelligence assessment I mentioned that was issued last summer said likely there is no single explanation for this. There's mm. probably a whole bunch of different things going on. What, what, I'm just uh, curious. You've studied this for a really long time now, decades, I believe. Has there been something that you've changed your mind on or have, has your own thinking changed over the years or are you or has it basically been the same for several decades Oh, I, I, I change my mind all the time. I came into this quite by accident. I was a civilian employee at the UK Ministry of Defense, and, and for much of the early 90s, I was assigned to their UFO program. I came in very skeptical, actually. I, I thought there was probably nothing to this except misidentifications and hoaxes. And then, and then I started to delve into it. I got two or 300 reports each year, but also I delved into the archive of files, and it was clear to me, and, and this is what we're, I guess, getting more visibility of here in the U.S., but it was clear that this wasn't just anecdotal evidence. These things were tracked mm. on military radar systems. Uh, they were occasionally picked up on, on military satellite, uh, filmed on forward-looking infrared camera, like, like the, the U.S. Navy videos that you mentioned uh, a few moments ago. And so there's, there's a range of corroborative physical evidence to back up some of this. So, yeah, that, that changed my mind. It made me, I suppose, more open-minded mm. about some of the more exotic possibilities. Nick Pope, thanks so much. I appreciate you keeping an open mind about this. I think it's important that we don't jump to conclusions 
I'm Mike Schellenberger. This is KFI AM 640, sitting in for Johnny Ken, the Johnny Ken Show. Stick with us. We're going to do more UFOs after the break. We're covering UFOs. This is uh, something I've literally never talked about, but it's in the news. The U.S. government says they're investigating it. I wanted to start with uh, people I thought had a lot of credibility on it. We just heard from Nick Pope. He ran the, the British government's investigation into UFOs. My next guest is a guy named John Greenwald Jr. He runs something called Black Vault. When he was 15 years old, he demanded that the CIA send him the documents that they had been collecting on UFOs, filed Freedom of Information Act requests. He was persistent with it. And last year, I believe, he got 2,700 pages of UFO-related documents, uploaded them to his website. It's called uh, Black Vault. Apparently, there's 2.2 million pages of UFO documents. So this is a lot of credibility because this is not just, uh, you know, hearsay. This is a guy that has actually went and got the documents that the U.S. government has been using. Really excited to talk to him. John Greenwald, are you there? I am, yeah. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for joining me. Well, so you're a just an interesting person. You're 15 years old, and you – I mean, that's not a typical 15-year-old thing to do to go request that the CIA hand over the UFO documents. What inspired you to do that? Yeah, it, it uh, to be honest with you, I don't have a great story other than I was just simply curious. I never had an experience, and uh, not to age myself, it's now been 26 years since I started filing FOIAs when I was 15, and I've done over 10,000 of them, not only on UFOs, but pretty much every government secret you can imagine. Mm. And UFOs to me is just simply the most fascinating, and oh. it is one of the most easily provable cover-ups that mm -hmm. the government uh, has done. I mean, what's interesting about it, I went and just looked at, I went and read a bunch of, I went and read all the New York Times articles about UFOs, mm -hmm. you know, a couple of years ago, just using their archives. And I was struck that, like, there was, like, big New York Times stories in the mid-70s, early, mid-early 70s, about the government cover-up of UFOs. I mean, if you say government cover-up of UFOs, you sound like a conspiracy theorist, but that is something that we know they did. They did cover up UFOs. So you say it's fascinating. What, like, looking over the sweep of the U.S. government's investigation to UFOs, what do you think is interesting about it? What makes, what stands out well, to you as a pattern or what makes you, what's particularly fascinating for you? Sure. So for me, in a nutshell, I look at it overall for the last 60 plus years. And sometimes people get a little, you know, sleepy uh, in the eyes when they hear things that are 50, 60 years old, but it really sets the tale for what's going on today. And in short, there is a easily uh, provable cover up that they don't want to tell us about it. And the fact that they tried to do the cover up, that they tried to maintain it for so many decades is part of that interesting uh, aspect of all of this that leads to today. Why feel the need to cover it up? I mean, right. are we talking about top secret technology and classified platforms? Well, a lot of skeptics will want you to believe that yes. And although I think that that plays a role in it, it's obviously not it. Uh, that's that's not the what explanation. Is it? Are we like? What, what do you think it well, is? That's, that's kind of the question mark here. I'm I'm not really <laughs> sure. I mean, the, the biggest the and and I'm not trying to dodge your question. I think that there's so much that we don't know yeah. about what they are covering up. So when you look at what they do tell us, mm -hmm. and and contrary to popular belief, not everything is all blacked out. 
that you can read about technology, even in the 1970s and beyond, that we just can't explain, even today in 2022. So when you look at those records and the government is kind of telling you one thing, hey, we, we want you to believe there's nothing to this, move along, nothing to see here. But when you use the Freedom of Information Act and you look at the documents and then you see UFO cases that are shutting down different uh, military jets. That's documented, not embellished. Uh, so when you look at that and you realize, oh, wait a minute here, there's there's a technology here that we can't explain. And this isn't something that just resides in the 1970s. It goes all the way to today. So you have to look at it in kind of a broad stroke yeah. way to, to paint the picture of the phenomena is not just unique to now. It's not yeah. unique to then. It's been going on. And the military, according to them, is clueless. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do a lot of work on nuclear power. We spent the first hour of the show talking about nuclear power. I'm writing a book on nuclear power, and I'm just shocked at how often UFOs come up around nuclear weapons sites, around nuclear power plants. It's uh, it's striking. I wonder, what, what have you seen in terms of UFOs showing up around nuclear sites? Is that part of the mystery here, part of what's going on? Absolutely. And and something that hasn't been adequately explained. And there are some cases that are more well-known. You see them in documentaries. Others, not so much. One specific case was I found it had never been out in the public domain before. It was a security guard that had witnessed multiple UFOs throughout multiple nights hmm. over uh, what's called present-day Cooper Nuclear Station. And he was afraid to report it and years later decided that he should for security reasons. He had regretted it. Uh, but it wasn't just one witness. There were multiple security guards that had seen it on this nuclear facility. So it, it is an ongoing security issue, whether alien or not, because that's always the biggest question. Well, right. It doesn't matter. There's a security uh, potential threat here that has not been adequately addressed. And we, we as, as, as America, are finally asking that question to the American government, like, hey, you know, you've covered this up for so long. Have you really been ignoring it? Well, in that era, I can easily prove, no, they weren't ignoring it, despite what they wanted you to believe. Now, for me, that narrative is twisted a little bit. Now they're willing to say, yes, we are looking into it, but we're not going to tell you anything about it. And, and that also is not an embellishment. They yeah. really are classifying uh, anything related to UAPs. And it's been a struggle through the Freedom of Inf Information Act to get material, but I've been able to get some material out. And that material, when it comes out, proves that not only is the cover-up still alive and well, uh, but according to the own the, the the military's own words, they can't explain these sightings. Yeah. What's so, the most um, before you go, John? It's so fascinating. There's so much sure. here. What's the most interesting case in your mind? And we only just have about thirty seconds. So, most interesting case of UFO sightings that, or experiences that you've dis you've documented. In 30 seconds, it's hard to summarize, but that 1970s one that I brought up that shut down two different military F-4 Phantom jets, uh, seemingly strategically, uh, so it wasn't just like a, a plane malfunction, but this UFO, which then turned into three different craft, mm -hmm. one of which ended up landing on Earth, is a fascinating case because this was 1976, and here we are in 2022, and it has not been adequately explained. And again, it's not standalone. There are multiple cases that you can look into that remain classified sometimes in part. But when you look at stuff you can read, and it's fascinating, and it really does defy logic and, and what yeah. our present understanding of technology is, if you can read that, what can't we read? And that's, yep. that's fascinating to me. 
John Greenwald, thank you for joining us. Thank you for being a sober investigator. This is John Greenwald, Black Vault. I'm Mike Schallenberger. This is KFI AM 640, sitting in for John and Ken on the John and Ken Show. Stick with us. We've got a really exciting UFO-oriented guest next. Mike Schallenberger, this is KFI AM 640, sitting in for John and Ken on the John and Ken Show. We are finishing up a little bit on UFOs, having some fun, trying to get some serious voices in here. Not fringe folks, but serious investigators into what is a really weird phenomenon that we don't understand, but we know that the U.S. government is taking seriously. My next guest is James Fox. He is has made the best documentary film on UFOs called The Phenomenon. You can see it now on Amazon. Let's hear a little bit from it. There are cases that are not explainable in conventional terms that have been made by credible observers of relatively incredible things. When you got right up to it, it lit up. Was this a warning? Was this an attempt to communicate? Felt scared. I was running and playing, and then I saw this maroon color in the sky. James Fox, are you with us? Yes, I am. Hey, nice to meet you, sir. I'm a huge fan of The Phenomenon. I think it's by far the best documentary film that's ever been made on UFOs, so congratulations. Oh, thank you. It only took eight years. <laughs> well, you know what impressed me about it is that you had as your main technical advisor this this really interesting French-born scientist who's lived in Silicon Valley named Jacques Vallée. And he's actually played by Francois Truffaut in Steven Spielberg's fictional movie close encounters of the third kind but when you read Jacques Vallée he's actually very he you know because it's just a fringe area still but he treats the subject with a lot of skepticism necessary skepticism I really admired that he he was involved with you and it seemed like you were really careful to just pick cases that you felt like had a lot of truth to them and stayed away from more of the fringe elements of this movement Definitely well-established cases, and it was the first film, and I've made five on the topic, that I delved into close encounters of the third kind, and those are reports from eyewitnesses of beings associated with the craft. And we pulled actually one very well-established, extremely credible case out of Project Blue Book's own files, the Air Force's own files, about the 1964 Socorro, New Mexico UFO incident that involved a police officer. Well, these cases, the ones that involve police officers, Navy pilots, are absolutely amazing. But you ended the phenomenon with this case of these school kids, I think in like Kenya or something, that had a close encounter. Yeah, sighting. Uh, Rue Ru, Ru Zimbabwe at a school, aerial school, 1994. Uh, you go back and you school. go back and you interview the grown adults and they none of them changed their story. They all said that it really happened like they said it when they were kids. You know, there was a Harvard psychiatrist by the name of Dr. John Mack that at the time, back in 1994, was receiving funding from Lawrence Rockefeller. Lawrence Rockefeller, uh, Lawrence Spellman Rockefeller, was was uh, supporting lots of research in this field and putting tremendous pressure on then uh, the Clinton administration to get answers from Roswell. So he went to Rua with a camera crew and documented the children. Um, just weeks after it happened, and we licensed that footage from the John Mack Institute, and then we tracked down the children with help from Randall Nickerson, who's got a film out now called Aerial Phenomena, 
um, at 20 years later and, uh, you know, and then juxtapose the archival footage with today, um, you know, modern day. And, uh, you know, they've had time, obviously, to articulate better and, and think about, you know, what, what, what happened, what they experienced. It's, it's one of the most amazing cases in, in history. They swore, they swore to it. Now, you let me see this new movie you've got coming out in the fall, new documentary, and the trailer is just out of this world. It's called Moment of Contact, and it's about a really interesting case from Virginia, Brazil. I lived in Brazil, and that, that is a part of um, – as an interior part of Brazil. Virginia, Brazil, also a, a close encounter, and it struck me the similarities to the Zimbabwe case and that you had these kids who saw – some kind of being, and then you interviewed them later as adults, and they swear they saw the same thing again. Tell us about Moment of Contact. So Moment of Contact, you know, I'd heard, I was, uh, I was just about to start producing Out of the Blue. I'd just finished my first film on, on UFOs called 50 Years of Denial, and a very good friend of mine suggested uh, that I look into this alleged UFO crash that happened in Brazil in 1996, January, January, in January. And, uh, you know, evidently live aliens were seen walking through this town. And I just thought it was too <laughs> unbelievable to even waste time and look into it. So I didn't look into it for roughly 10 years later. And, um, and then I looked into it with extreme skepticism. Um, but here I am all these years later, and I just produced a film on it called Moment of Contact. And I'm convinced that we have a modern day Roswell that occurred in Brazil. It's a crazy story. There's actually a Wall Street Journal article from 1996 called Tale of Stinky Extraterrestrial Stirs Up UFO, UFO Crowd in Brazil. It sounds like a hoax or or just whatever, well, but you actually the, Yeah. I, go ahead. I contacted the author I contacted the author of that Wall Street Journal article. He's living out of the country now and I sent him a rough cut of Moment of Contact and he's like Wow, I didn't realize how serious this case really was. And, uh, you know, he got the stinky alien part right because they were quite smelly. That's but, bizarre. Uh, according according to the witnesses. Is, but yeah. yeah, I mean, what yeah, gives a lot of credibility, too, is you. I've, the military clearly was involved in covering something up. Like, kind of that people will agree with. It's just a debate about what it was. Is that right? Well, you know, we have some pretty deep, intelligent inside intelligence insiders uh participating in the film for the first time in history so um i've showed it to extreme skeptics uh you know friends of mine that have seen all my work and they're like this is the most incredible story i've ever heard because they believed it and and quite frankly i don't expect any of your audience to believe it because i didn't but when you when you listen to the testimony when you see the evidence uh you, you'll you'll think quite seriously that this this very well might have happened it seems like, obviously, the conversation on this has changed. You've been obsessed with this issue for decades, it sounds like. Just how how much more mainstream has this issue gotten, in your view? I mean, can and can it still get more mainstream? I mean, obviously, I'm talking about it for the first time, but, you know, the Pentagon has a report, and obviously there's just now it seems like you can talk about it and people don't feel the need to ridicule it. And you must have seen a huge amount of change on this issue since you've been working on well, it. Well, I was four years into making of the phenomenon when the New York Times had that story in uh, December of 2017 that revealed ATIP, which is Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. So that secret UFO Pentagon program that was revealed on the front page of the New York Times. And, of course, 
Christopher Mellon, who is former Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for Intelligence, walked these you know, walked these tapes, these evidence out of the Pentagon with the help of Lou Elizondo, who was head of the program. And that changed everything. Um, he, I had, you know, because I'd, I'd been kind of laughing. I mean, it changed everything with, within the media and, and with uh, those. But, but also I noticed a, a difference in attitude with people that had been sort of laughing at me for the last couple of decades. Like, mm. wow, um, there's extremely credible eyewitness testimony coupled with official evidence uh, uh, you know, um, cockpit camera recordings from these, uh, these Navy fighter pilots, uh, radar confirmation, visual confirmation from multiple eyewitnesses of, of craft that defy science and physics as we understand it. James Fox, you are such an interesting investigator. I appreciate that you approach this issue with such an open mind and a commitment to really just covering the facts because there's so much fringe information out here. Uh, what's the best way for people to stay in touch? Do you have like an email list or a website? Is it just James Fox on Twitter? Is that how, how do people find you? Uh, I'm on Twitter, James Fox. I'm also uh, I've got a website. You can reach out to me that way. It's thephenomenonfilm.com. Uh, thephenomenonfilm.com. Um, and yeah, I've, I've got a, a little bit of a social media presence <laughs> from James Fox. So, and we'll be in, we'll be making some major announcements with Moment of Contact in the coming weeks. Well, well, best of luck to you, sir. And thanks for joining me. This is Mike Schellenberger, and this is KFIM 640 sitting in for Johnny Ken, the Johnny Ken Show. Stick with us. After this uh, break, we're going to talk a little bit about what it was like to run for governor and the biggest problems facing the state and how we solve them. Stay tuned. Boy, what a pleasure it's been. It's my first time guest hosting and learned a lot. I mean, we covered the drug crisis, homelessness, energy crisis, and had a little bit of fun at the end there with UFOs, which we, we don't know what they are, but worth talking about got to know this show because i just got done running for governor came in third place so i got the bronze medal there actually is no medal turns out it's apparently the prize you get is to be able to guest host the john and ken show and but it was you know i wanted to reflect a bit on it i mean it was a really fun experience in a lot of ways it was hard but also made a lot of friends you know the state is in bad trouble you know, we've got a big budget surplus this year, but it's going to go away next year, especially since we're headed into recession. Biggest crisis facing the state is what we call homelessness, but it's basically an untreated mental illness and drug addiction crisis. It's heartbreaking. It's it's not just a humanitarian disaster anymore. It's now grinding civilization to a halt. Uh, the 405 in L.A. was halted a couple of weeks back when – a homeless person got up on a freeway overpass and they stopped the traffic, worried they were going to jump. The person just appeared to be passed out, but drivers had to wait three and a half hours. You know, I think the big thing is that people have gotten them, their heads confused about this. You know, People think that they somehow have to choose between do you want a high quality of living or do you want to help the homeless? We're not helping the homeless by letting them live in these open-air drug scenes, these homeless encampments. It's, you know, the women in them are all being sexually assaulted, like nearly 100%, and repeatedly they've lost control of their behavior because of addiction, untreated mental illness. You know, we've got this big blind spot. You know, people that come from the left end of the spectrum, you know, we care a lot, but that that means that we we sort of have this blind spot. We don't understand that. Just caring is not enough. Another way to put it is that you can actually hurt people if you let your compassion get in the way. 
Sometimes people need an intervention. You know, we need love, but love is not all you need. The Beatles were wrong about that. <laughs> I mean, you forgive them. They were in their 20s when they wrote that lyric. But we need an intervention in the state. We need to grow up. We've got a bit of a Peter Pan governor. He's now running for president pretty clearly. We've got pretty radical ideological district attorneys who refuse to enforce laws. They think that they're helping people. They're not. You know, it appears that this guy that shot the two El Monte police officers was, you know, had big problems with meth. We're seeing people with advanced psychosis. we got to have an intervention here. It's going to have to happen at the ballot box. And we just heard this from Stanford psychiatry professor. You're going to have to throw these guys out. You're going to have to get new people in office. And... We can help make that happen. We're building a movement, California Peace Coalition. We've got the ability to do this. We've got the right laws in the books. People are wrong when they think that the political elections are being stolen. They're not. Okay. It's not to say there's not some fraud, but don't let anybody tell you that your vote doesn't count. It does count. we got to recall George Gascon. we got to at some point get rid of Governor Gavin Newsom, even if it doesn't happen this year. We need political change to get the kind of changes we need in society. That's the bottom line. And it, it may not happen this year, but it may happen in other ways, or it may happen at the local level. You see San Francisco voters just got rid of Chesa Bodine a couple of weeks ago. And now we're gathering signatures in Los Angeles to get rid of George Gascone. But we got to do more. And we need to find each other. We need to see that the you know recovering addicts who were homeless on the streets, parents, of homeless addicts trying to get their kids off the street. Parents who whose kids have been killed by fentanyl, we all have the same interests. We have the same interest as the residents impacted by homelessness. We just gotta get our heads screwed on right. And it's not the only issue. I mean, we gotta have, parents gotta have more choices about where their kids go to school. We gotta produce more energy. I mean, the energy crisis is the most ridiculous of these problems because it's so obvious. We just don't have enough reliable energy. And you just add more solar panels, it's not going to cut it. you got to have oil and gas or nuclear or coal or one of those, those technologies to keep civilization running. You know, there's a small minority of far-left, radical-left extremists. And I would know because that's where I came from. I'm 51 now, but when I was a boy and in my 20s and early career, you, know, you want to tear down the whole civilization. It doesn't work. They shut down the psychiatric hospitals, shut down the police stations, now they're trying to empty the prisons. It's not working. we got to rescue our civilization from the people that would destroy it. I'm Mike Schellenberger. You're listening to KFIAM 640. I've been sitting in for John and Ken show. What a pleasure it's been. Stay tuned. Tim Conway Jr. is up next. And Michael Crozier has the news. Thanks, Thanks everybody. Good being with you. Hey, Ken, did you know that gold is the only currency that's held its value since the dawn of money? Well, I did. Thanks to our friends at Legacy Precious Metals, the most trusted name in gold investing. Investing in gold protects you against inflation and gives you a hedge against stock market volatility. Don't leave your retirement to chance. Call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or download your free investor's guide now at buylegacygold.com. That's buylegacygold.com. 
This week at Safeway, enjoy big savings with the BOGO sale, where select items throughout the store are buy one, get one free. With this week's BOGO sale, get select meats like Signature Farms 90% lean ground beef or boneless skinless chicken breasts or thighs, buy one, get one free. Plus, select fresh produce items like one pound containers of sweet strawberries or containers of blueberries or buy one, get one free. Safeway, come in and explore and see what other deals you can find. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.